0: Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which is the place to come and build commercial and mixed use property portfolios that completely align with your goals. I'm back. (laughs) I just had, I think, a four week break that I didn't mean to have which I'm sorry about, because I know a lot of you have been emailing me and my team and saying, Natasha, where has the podcast gone? Well, I will be honest with you. I spent three weeks in the UK, which I thought I would have time to podcast. And I didn't. And then last week, when I came back to the US, I was very ill. And so I had a week off, which meant that I didn't record a podcast for this week to go out. And now I'm running about four weeks without a podcast. So it was accidental. Um, But it just was so nice to just be with my friends, my family, working. It was a completely different way of running things. and I hadn't done that in two and a half years. I hadn't been back to the UK in two and a half years because of COVID and then being pregnant and then waiting for Harry's passport so that we could fly with him. So it had been a really long time. And I have to say, it was incredible to go home. I spent time with Chris's family. We introduced Harry to his auntie and uncle and his cousins over there. And then my family, uh, my dad and his partner hadn't met Harry before. And my sisters and my nephews, they hadn't met Harry before. So it was so nice to introduce Harry to all of them. And then also get a lot of work done. My gosh, I hadn't been on the ground in ages. Now, For the whole three weeks that I was in the UK, I didn't see one of my properties, (laughs) Uh, rightly or wrongly. They just kind of managed themselves. So I didn't need to go and see them, which was lovely, but I did some incredible things. So the Members Club live event we hosted at the Hotel Devin in Birmingham, and we had 50 of our clients make it. 50 of them, all of you who came and saw us on the 2nd of July, what an event, I was honestly so blown away by it, we started off by doing a bit of surveying skills, so we got out all of our laser measures and we taught our clients how to measure a room and then we um, <laughs> we we compared them to the best measurer on our team, Caroline, she is very good at measuring properties. So we got her to go into the hotel beforehand and measure the unit or measure the room that we were in. And then we had a bit of a competition. And then from there, we did a deal analysis masterclass. We did a goal setting workshop for the final half of the year. We did um, a market update And we just went through what was going on. We had great networking. Uh, We had a delicious lunch. My gosh, the day was just so much fun. I can't believe that we got to see so many people after all of this time. My team flew in from all over the world. They flew in from South Africa, Canada. I came in from America, across the UK. It was brilliant. So I absolutely loved that. Then I spent a day in Bolton with Romana, shout out to Romana, who is one of my longest running asset management clients. And we went through all of her portfolio and her development uh, property and looking at the development sites, which she's going to be doing residential developments on. Also having a look at some of the potential things in her pipeline. And then we went down to Penzance and Helston to see Caroline and Paul. Well, didn't see Paul in Helston, but we saw um his property which I'm going to talk you through in a bit because it was a unicorn deal and I want to talk to you about it because all the time I say no, I don't always do unicorn deals, but actually that was a unicorn deal. So I'm going to talk you through how that worked. Um went down to see Caroline's properties in Penzance. We did some measuring up of their of the building. We had a look at where the tenants were coming in. We spoke to the tenants about their service charges. So a lot of on-the-ground management that you don't need to do all the time. But if you were down there looking at the property, and I wanted to look at this property because it's a beast of a property, huge. Three retail units um, and two offices above, but we're splitting up the offices. They've been, they're let on a total rent roll of about £70,000. It's going to go up actually. Um, But it's a fantastic building and I needed to see it because it's also really weirdly shaped. And seeing as I talked to Caroline about that every week, I wanted to go and have a look at what was going on in that property. So loads and loads, loads of travelling around. I did the, the length of the country or the length of England, I didn't get up to Scotland or I didn't get into Wales, but it was a fantastic, fantastic time. I'm so grateful that we managed to do it and I managed to cover enough ground that I can see as many people as I possibly can. I'm excited to come back to the UK in October, which is when we're gonna be having our next live event for our clients. Um, That's on the 8th of October. So these events are fantastic for getting together and doing general practice things. Cannot wait for the next one. They are so much fun. So I want to double back around to a unicorn deal. Because I think it's important that sometimes I do talk about the incredible things that just happen by chance. And when we're talking about unicorn deals, I mean the sort of deal that comes along once in every hundred or so. It doesn't happen all the time. I can't promise you that this will happen all the time. It just happened by chance. So I was, or we as a team, we hunt the market all the time. We get probably 30 to 40 deals a day coming into our inboxes. Most of them are a load of rubbish, if I'm honest. Um, Most of them we don't even look at. Because very quickly when deals come into your inbox, you can determine whether they're a yes or a no. Um, If they haven't really got any tenants in them and they're in a strange area where there's not really that much footfall and there'd be better places residential rather than commercial or mixed use, just a purely resi scheme. uh, We tend not to look at those at the moment because they are always overpriced. We have a glance through, but I I do tend to um, come back to them. we also get a lot of land sent through to us. Don't look at land because we're not um, a development company. That's not tends not to be where we are. Um, and get a lot of really overpriced stuff as well. If you want industrial that you spend millions and millions of pounds on, we can do that. If you want massive portfolios that are being disposed of, we get a lot of that as well. So tends to be the only Few shining pieces come through and then we jump on them. This particular deal came through from somebody who sent the details of the property but said that they were uninstructed. But if they wanted to go ahead on the property, then we'd have to pay them something ridiculous like between five and seven thousand pounds. I don't understand how that happens because if you're not instructed on a deal, how on earth? can you act on the deal? So because of the high fees and because it was a bit strange, I kind of put it to the side, but another member of my team said, well, Natasha, it actually looks like a really, really good deal. So we went back to it and I thought, well, if the agent who sent it through is uninstructed, we need to check if they have anything to do with the deal. So just did a little bit of googling of the building and came across the landlord's details. And so we phoned the landlord just to find out what was going on, to ask if they'd ever heard of that agent before and if they're instructed, in which case we were certainly going to go through the agent. I don't want to be cutting anybody else out. Um, but this the owner of the building said I've never heard of that agent before. In fact, I haven't been using any agents, but I do need to sell this property. And the information that they had given on the particulars for sale, it was just a really little kind of spiel of what it was, was, not, was incorrect, completely incorrect. Um, and what was happening was the agent had tried to send through the deal with a little bit on top, and they were gonna profit um, 20 to 40 grand on the deal. So they were going to um, sell it on to whoever approached them for X amount more than the seller wanted for it. Very dodgy, very underhand. Um, I wouldn't normally go behind an agent, but in this situation, it really didn't read correctly. It wasn't a regulated agent. It was just kind of one of those send arounds. So I just was, we were intrigued to find out more. Talking to the seller, he needed to sell his property within two weeks. And the reason being is there'd been a family tragedy uh, about 12 weeks before. And the seller had been planning to put this property on auction so that he could sell it and buy another property. But the family tragedy had happened and he had basically just not done anything about the property that he needed to sell. And the property that he was buying he'd already exchanged on. So he was now on a deadline to complete on the property that he exchanged on and kind of come up for air after this tragedy and thought, oh my gosh, I'm either gonna lose the deposit on this property I'm going to exchange on, or I'm going to have to find someone to buy this property for me really, really quickly. So I assume that how the other agent had got, got wind of this is because word travels quickly, but how I don't know, because we know a lot of the agents in the local area and they hadn't heard that this property was on the market, but okay. So then, I spoke to the seller and asked him what he wanted for it and did a bit of due diligence myself so I knew that this property was probably worth between 310 and 340 based upon the fact that there were three studio apartments in here and there is one commercial unit now I didn't know the ins and outs of the property but I knew roughly what was going on in the local market cuz I found all the comps for it so The seller came back to me and said he wanted 240 for it in cash and that he knew that that was cheap, but that was the amount roughly that he needed in order to be able to complete on the property that he was buying. And I said to him, okay, well, I will give you 230 for it because I knew that one of my clients had 230 in cash in the bank and would be able to do it. So within two, actually, it turned out to be two and a half weeks from start to finish we purchased or I purchased this property for our client. I agreed a said and a lease back because the seller still wanted to be in the building and um, he wanted to rent the ground floor retail unit and we agreed a market rent of £7,800 per annum. The property also came with three studio apartments um, rented out at three. £530 per calendar month, £520 per calendar month, and £520 per calendar month. So all in all, this property was making an income of £2,220 per calendar month, plus there was going to be a new lease in there. Uh, on the commercial unit. And I agreed a three month rent deposit on the commercial lease. The commercial lease was also going to be for repairing and insuring by way of service charge. So we had to get that lease drawn up because it was a sale and lease back. We got that done. um, And then the reason we were able to do it within two and a half weeks is because we got an indemnity uh, insurance on the searches that the seller's solicitor had already done in preparation for auction three months ago right? So that was one of the things that we had to bypass the searches because um, we didn't have time to do that. So all in all, we ended up, because we could move quickly, buying a property for £230,000 that when I looked into it in more detail and I put the £7,800 per calendar, no, per annum from the commercial tenant at a 9% cap rate, and the 18,840 from the residential tenants at a 7% cap rate, and then discounted it for the fact that we could have a void period, the total market value of this property comes to circa 340,000 pounds. So that's 110,000 pounds made just for being able to act quickly. Okay, this doesn't happen all the time. Trust me, it's not very often you come across a distressed seller and a seller in that situation where they just needed to move really, really quickly and they wanted to take um, anybody who had the cash, they just wanted to sell it and they were in the position to move. This is not normal that you come across it, but my gosh, when these deals and opportunities come up, it is absolutely imperative that you move quickly on them. I had to work weekends, I was working late nights, just to get in contact with the seller whenever I could to make sure that he felt comfortable that we actually were going to buy the property. And we didn't see the property until two days after it completed and we went in there And the tenant, the commercial tenant is a graffiti artist and he had done up all the studios and the internals um, as a graffiti artist would, but it's gorgeous. It is in a town called Helston in Cornwall. It's very much a local market town rather than a tourist town, but there's a lot of good uh, shops there. Next door is a super drug. The other side is the uh, estate agents who actually manage this place now, the residential, they manage this place. on a residential basis, it's a brilliant deal. Now, the key takeaways that I want you to listen to from here, because everybody that I've told about this deal is like, yes, I want one of those, I want one of those, I want one of those. Yeah, of course, if we had enough of these for everybody, amazing, fantastic. But it's not that often that you come across them and what you have to be prepared to do when you're looking at properties is to be investigative. You want to think, what can I do with this property and what am I not seeing and who do I need to get in contact with to find out? Here, it was really dodgy what the agent had sent round. It did not look right at all, but the property looked like a good property in an area that we'd already been researching in. And so we made inquiries. You can Google properties just to see who's there. You can do as much research, phone local agents, inquire about. That's how you're going to find the best deals. And again, we have so many deals coming into our inbox on a daily basis. And this was one that caught our eye and we acted on. And you can do that too. But you have to be prepared to sift through loads and loads and loads and loads of deals before you get to the one where you think, Brilliant. And actually I would probably buy deals that you're sifting through that maybe aren't as good as this. You don't need this you don't need it to be this good. I mean, this property ultimately will allow for all of the cash to come out plus an extra twelve and a half thousand pounds. It's not normal in this market. So you want to use your money wisely and not always be waiting for these unicorns because these are so few and far between. And you've also got to remember that you need to make sure that your cash is earning money for you, not just burning a hole in your pocket and maybe not making as much money set in the bank. So keep your eye out, keep looking at deals, keep scrutinizing them and thinking what can i do here and if something doesn't look normal i want you to reach out and i want you to ask the question see what you can find out a phone call can make you a huge amount of money so that's my tip for today now just before i close up i wanted to say that if you haven't seen it in the news um that, and this I'm recording this on the 27th of July, and I've just seen the news come out. Um, that Lon- London Trocadero and the Bank of New York Mellon have been backed at the Court of Appeal in a linked landlord test case against Picture House Cinemas and Cine UK. This uh, court case um, is an appeal from the Bank of New York Mellon International Limited versus Cine UK Limited, um, whereby the landlord took the cinema to court over 2.9 million pounds worth of rent and service charge arrears, which had been accumulating since the pandemic. And the court said that it was all completely payable to the landlord and the landlord could recover it which is huge Um, and essentially the court was saying well you had a contract in place you have to meet those obligations the tenant has since appealed it and the appeal outcome came out today and the court of appeal have also said yep You have to pay it, that 2.9 million is outstanding. That is big for commercial landlords in the UK because that means if you've got rent that's outstanding from the pandemic and the tenants didn't say anything to you, they just stopped paying, they now have to pay it. The tenants now have to pay that rent. Amazing, right? so good for landlords. I'm so glad to hear it. It's one of those test cases that, you know, really needed to come through so that we could see what was going to happen in terms of rent arrears going forward. And that is very, very good news. So there we have it. My first podcast back in a while now there's certainly some things going on that you need to know about um we i am doing a webinar on the 23rd of august at 7 pm uk time i'm going to put the link below so you can click to join me um it's going to be called how to supercharge your portfolio through buying commercial property we're going to go through everything and um, commercial property purchase all that jazz so you're going to want to come and join me I would love to see you there. Again, I'm going to put the link in the show notes below. Make sure you click on the link and come and join me on the 23rd of August. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.